This is the Doug Marone Show. The Doug Marone Show. Former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman and J.P. Shadrick discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Marone Show starts right now. Welcome into the Doug Marone Show. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Marone. The season is over. The offseason is here. Coach, what's up, man? How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I think days it's always, always tough. It is. Uh, AFC Championship game lost to the Patriots. But, you know, going through what this team has gone through this season, just thinking back the last couple of days, I know you said it takes a while to get away from the actual game. But has that process begun for you yet? Are you still locked into what happened last Sunday? I think, I mean, I think in in our free time or moments, you know, when we can't escape it, you know, obviously you're going to be locked into it. But... You know, now it's a lot of uh, quality control type work, you know, looking, putting everything together, making sure, you know, all the the games are labeled correctly, the grades, the offense, defenses, the returns, the blocks, the things of that nature, and really putting everything in place uh, to run to really take a good look at ourselves. Plus, you know, the evaluation of the players, you know, we have to go through that. And you want to, you want to, you know, step away from one game or two games or, you know the playoff part of the year and look at it as a whole. So you got to put yourself in the in a proper state of mind to be able to do those things. But like I said before, I mean, you know, there's a lot of games that I that I've played in that you know still eat at me today. So, you know, I think that happens. But you know, it's it's you know people say hey, you know you move on and or look at this or look at that and they and you know the people that care about you the most try to make you feel better by bringing up good things and stuff. But you know it's difficult and I think you know until the the players come back and you start, you know, building that foundation again. You know, there's still going to be that that little piece of you that that kind of died in that last game. Yeah, well, it, uh, it's amazing that you know this past week, you know, with uh, with the trip to Foxborough for in an AFC title game. To be honest with you, Doug, it brought up bad memories of 1996. I mean, you know, and even now to this day, you know, however many years later that is, what is it, 24 years later. I still remember it, you know, and it eats at me and it bothers me. That's just the way it is when you have a, you know, have a game like that. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think that, you know, like I was, I was trying to explain and maybe didn't do it or, uh, as communicated as well as I should is that, you know, sometimes you get to those positions, you're like, oh boy, we're really lucky. And, you know, wow, it was, a, you know, really, you know, based on luck. I think there's a difference when you, when you do something, you go through something and, and you get there. You know, because you feel you've been lucky, and then the second way is, you know, how we felt as a team is that we really earned our way there, and you know, we f- we felt like we belonged and we should win. And and when you don't do that, you know, I, I think it I think it eats at you at e- even more. Yeah, you you said during the regular season you're exhausted after games, just the sixty minutes you're locked into plays, and we could have done this and that, and you're you get home and you you explain that, mm-hmm. and of course throughout the season. This is a totally different level, obviously, because of the magnitude of the football game, I'm sure. Yeah, this one is, you know, basically, you know, you get a lot of, you know, notes or text messages. You know, obviously, you don't, I don't really answer the phone. But, you know, you get a lot of those things and it's like, hey, you know what? It was, it was a hell of a year. It was, you know, and, and, peop- and, and those, are, those are what the people that care about you, you know, say because they don't want you, if they know you, they know how you feel. And I think the people that know myself, and I'm sure it's the same with the rest of our coaches and and our players included, and you know other people in the building. And it's just um, 
it's just it's just tough. I mean, I, I don't know any other way. You know, I try to explain it afterwards. It's like, you know, someone that you really care about passes away. That that feeling that's inside your your you know in your body that 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 pain in that your heart or your gut. I mean, this isn't like that. I don't want to you know say it is, but it's it's darn close to it. For you guys as a staff, now it's you know the latter part of January. And uh, there's other teams in the National Football League that are that are rolling on for the season 2018. Uh, how will you guys and the staff kind of put a bow tie on this past season, and then maybe get away before you start anew on 2018? How how will you handle that? Yeah, well, I think you know what we're trying to do this week is we're trying to clean things up, obviously, like I talked about before, and then. Then take some time and then come back, you know, you know, after the, the Super Bowl. I think when, you know, when the Super Bowl's over, you know, then everyone, it's kind of fresh again. You know, it's kind of like, okay, here we go. You know, this one team, they're the champs, you know, 31 other teams lost, you know, and now, you know, let's, let's start getting ready. Let's, let's, let's get, start getting focused. Let's start, you know, seeing the things that we can do better. And there's a lot going on because you have, you know, you have, you have your own football team, you have free agency, you know, cap casualties, you have the draft coming up, then you have to get prepared, you know, for your team coming in for phase one, phase two. So, you know, it's not what's the good part about this profession is there's really not a lot of time, you know, to 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 feel you know sorry for yourself because no one really cares, you know, and you immediately go back into work and you know, strive to, you know, build it, you know, stronger and build it better, you know, than, than what you've done in the past. Well, I think a lot of people really don't understand the commitment that you guys, you know, started in on from the moment you were hired as head coach. I mean, six days a week, you guys were working on Saturdays, your coaching staff, the commitment that they had to give, uh, the time away from families. And boy, isn't it critical to allow some of that, you know, reconnect? And I'm sure your wife would like to see you a little bit more. Yeah, it's, 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 it, you know, the interesting, you know, but, but it, maybe not. I don't know, Doug. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the, the interesting part, and I've always tried to explain this, at least how I view it. I can't speak for anyone else is that, you know, and so now all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you know, cause you're going seven days a week. That's the other thing people, I mean, it's not like you have, you know, the players are off on Tuesdays, you know, but, you know, once you start in August, you're pretty much going seven days a week. You can't, be sick. There's no sick days. You don't go. Ooh, I got a little cold. Like you know, I'm gonna you know stay in or I'm gonna sleep in a little bit. You can't you can't do that. So, you know, you're going straight through and you just get into a a rhythm or you know a, a, a system of what what you have to get done. But here's here's the funny part. So so now all of a sudden, you know, obviously I haven't been home. Okay, so I, I have you know kind of you know you get bits and pieces of what's going on and everything. You know, then all of a sudden when you, when you get home, it's like, wait a minute, what, what is this doing here? You know, wait, isn't this? And then you start moving things and like, wait a minute now, don't start coming back home. You haven't been here for months and start, you know, thinking this is what's been going on while, you know, you haven't been here. And that's what I always say about, you know, vacation. So in the summer, we get a little bit longer period of time. Well, the first week is trying to get acclimated to the family then really the next 10 days are the best 10 days. And then after that, you're worried about the season coming up, you know, so you don't have a lot of time like that. So it's, it's interesting, the dynamics of, of the family with coaching. 
Yeah, um, because you'll come back in, and then it's going to all change again when you go away, too, right? Yeah, like I like <laughs> right. the forks in one spot or the knives in one spot. Then by the time you know this week comes, you know it's craps all over the place. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm going to get in trouble. But you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, this is what it is. This is how we function at home, and and you know you've got to adjust to what we've done. We're not adjusting to all of a sudden you've come home and we're going to do things the way you want. Yeah, it's just Tom Coughlin and Judy Coughlin said, Judy Coughlin said, I'm the head coach in this place. Okay? Yeah. You may be the head coach over there, but when you yeah. come here, I'm the head coach. Yeah, someone asked me the other day about, you know, when you're the boss, I go, mm, I, you're asking the wrong person. I, I've never been the boss. Well, wait a minute, you're the head coach of a football team. I said, yeah, but I have bosses in this building, you know, you know, Tom and Shot and Tony, you know, are my bosses. And then uh, when I go home, my wife's the boss. So when I go to my in-laws, you know, depending on the situation, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law is the boss. When I go home, obviously it's my parents. I'm not the boss. So, I mean, what situation am I truly the boss of? The only time I'm the boss, when I'm in my car alone, and I can put on whatever I want on that, that radio station, and that's the only time that I'm truly the boss. We'll come back and get into this 2017 Jags team, a locker room that played for each other. This is the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back to the HananiaAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. The Doug Marone Show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Marone. Let's reflect back. This 2017 Jaguars team, a lot of alphas in that locker room, of course, Doug. They they somehow came together, especially on the defensive side. Let's start there with a group of guys that uh, you have a mix of younger players in the league, high draft picks the last couple of years, big-time free agents came in. You don't know a lot of times what those guys will be like, but you throw them all in a room together, and they worked it out and put together a fantastic season on the defensive side. Well, they did. I I think you know it starts you know, probably this time last year or somewhere around when, when you get hired and you know, you're trying to, you know, talk to the players and communicate them. And the one thing that, that I always felt that as a team, you know, when people say, you know, that you have a lot of talent, it probably means you're not very good, you know, meaning record wise, you know, because if that's all they're talking about, I'd rather than someone say, Hey, that's a good football team. Then, you know, you probably got a pretty good record. So that was kind of what was going on there. And, you know, I wanted the players to realize that it's, it's not about the talent it's about the results. You know, you're in a result-oriented business, and and it's a high-performance business. So understanding that, I think, you know, that tried to create a little bit of an edge, you know what I'm saying, for, for some of those players saying, you know what, yeah, we can talk about all the talent we want, but, you know, we've got to start getting results. And then how do you do that? You know, well, Tom, Dave, the coaches, you know, everyone, we get together, and then, you know, free agency hits, you know, when we go out there and – and and we bring in you know three players on that side of the football, and those three players now you got to see okay well how are they going to you know interact with the players how's this going to throw off you know what's going on um, are those three players going to come in and try to take over you know that side of the ball or is someone going to try to get them to conform to maybe you know what they feel is the right thing to do for the team and you as a coach you're going in there and you're saying hey this is what we want to do this is what we want to be this is how we want to go. But you're really relying a lot on those players. You know, make no mistake about it. And, you know, when Calais and AJ and Barry Church came in, they probably had the greatest mindset of, hey, let's let's come in and let's let's get to know our, our teammates. Let's get to communicate with them, learn know each other, 
and then let's all figure this out together. You know, let's put the work in, let's see where this thing's going to go, and let's figure it out together. And I think that was probably, you know, one of the, the a key moment because what it did was it was able to, 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 to have a foundation to build upon of, you know, a trust, you know, caring about each other, things of that nature that go further down the road when, when adversity hits. And I, I really think that everyone in that locker room, the players that were here and the players that we brought in, you know, did an outstanding job of that. Well, I think even more impressive is that, uh, you know, it wasn't only just new players, but you also had a lot of new coaches. I mean, you think about Todd Wash retained as the defensive coordinator, but Marion Hobby, Mark Collins, Perry Fuel, some of these assistant coaches, and to be able to meld that side of the ball together when so many components of that defense weren't together until the regular season started, I mean, that probably impressed me more than anything. Yeah, I think because, you know, and, and Jeff, you'd have a good insight on this. I, I think sometimes I probably take for granted that we as coaches will be the same way, you know, communicate, be close, be tight, protect each other, you know what I'm saying? In other words, support each other and what we're trying to do. And, you know, someone's having a tough day. And I think that that example, in other words, if I'm a defensive player, and I'm sitting in a room and I'm watching the defensive coaches and how they communicate with each other, how they get along, how they're all on the same page, how they're all saying the same thing. Then all of a sudden I'm playing I'm like, I think, you know, these guys are pretty aligned. You, you know what I'm saying? And what's going on? I think that makes it maybe easier for the player to buy in, or at least it's like I give an example, you know, in our defensive coverage scheme, our hook player. Well, you know, we have DBs that play the hook, the nickel that plays the hook, the linebackers that play the hook. Well, obviously they're coached by different people. Well, we want to make sure that we're saying the same thing to the hook player on how he plays it no matter who that player is. I think those things are the things that you you take for granted that all of a sudden if something's not communicated right or you're telling one player to play it differently than the other, then all of a sudden like, wait a minute, what are we doing? You know, the player's like, hold on. But I think – I've always believed that when the players look at the coaches and they see a, a bunch of guys that are communicating, a bunch of guys that may at times disagree but be able to figure it out, I think I think that helps because that's the type of atmosphere you want in the locker room too. I want to go through the guys from the draft a couple of years ago on that defensive side. That uh, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, Yannick Ngakwe, a guy at each level of the defense in their second seasons, all three of those guys had a fantastic year this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much about like what went into the, you know, obviously I wasn't the, the, the head coach at the time, so I have no idea what went into that, but obviously, you know, there was a, a foundation of, of talent, you know, of players that were able to come in and we were able to get some, you know, results out of. One thing I love about those players that he's talking about, and I probably can't even know that that was there when you're scouting players like that, but players that have a little edge. Yannick's got a little edge to him. Jalen's got a little edge to him. And, and you see the more that, that Miles Jack is playing and the more confidence that he's gained, he's got a little edge to him too. But but they're on the edge, but they never kind of cross that line too much. But how important is that to be a wacko defensive player, to kind of play the game with a little bit of edge? Yeah, I, I, like, I like players like that. I mean, me personally. You know, I like – I like players like that. I like coaches like that. I like being around people like that. And a lot of times, I think sometimes people tend to, um, I don't know what the right word is, but, you know, I, I don't have a problem with confrontation. You know, like if someone's, you know, 
you know, there's a little bit of an edge to them, but yet, hey, you can go in there and say, hey, nope, that's it. You're over the line. You know, get your butt back in gear and let's go. You know, it might not be those calm words right there, but I don't think there's anything wrong in that. We we play an emotional game. I mean, you know, you're telling people to lay it all on the line for you. When you when you get between those lines, you know, you better have an edge to yourself because that's the only way you're going to be able to produce those results. So for me, you know, whatever that edge may be, and that's why people will say, well, this guy's saying this, this guy's saying that. Well, they're going to say what they, they're going to say. We just all have to support each other. And if someone says something that, you know, we, we may think might not be the smartest thing to say, but they said it, hey, it's family. They're one of us. We're going to have to go out there and do it. Yeah, we may not, we may not have said that or we may not have liked that. But listen, he's one of our guys. This is what he is, and we're gonna we're gonna do it. I know I'll I'll probably put my foot in my mouth sometimes, and and I'll need the team to step up and play hard for me. So, you know, those are things that you just go through. But I think if you're, you know, if you get up there and you say, okay, this is the team I want, nothing this, duh, 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 and you, I think you can take that edge away from some players mm-hmm. where they can't be the best they can be. And and that goes to the exact opposite approach of we're trying to do everything we can to get the best out of each player. We'll come back and get into the offensive side of the football in 2017. This is the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiaAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. We continue with head coach Doug Marone, the Doug Marone Show. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Flagman, and the Jags head coach. Offensive side of the football this year. Let's start. We've got to start with the quarterback. Tough guy. Takes a lot of heat out of the building here and, and has stood up to everything over the last few years, especially this year. And, and Blake Bortles came through with a very, very good season at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, you know, offensively, you know, we did a lot of of, of good things and there's obviously things that we can improve on and I think that's the same as everyone everyone looks saying you know hey listen I was able to do this not just the quarterback but everyone else and you know hey these are the things that we have to work on if we want to improve to get better and that's what we're doing right now as coaches you know looking looking towards that and then you know getting our you know selves ready for when the, the players come back of you know what we need to work on not just schematically but what we need to do from a standpoint of you know, do we need to get stronger? Do we need to focus on this type of lifting? Do we need to, you know, do a better job of this or, you know, and things of that nature. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good challenge for us. You guys, when you started out the off season and you kind of, you know, expressed the directive or the direction that your offense was going to go and you're going to run the football and, and to be able to get a running back like a Leonard Fournette, how much of an impact is just having a guy like that get drafted and be in the building kind of guide you in that directive because he is one of those backs? Well, I think, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, we talk about the defensive side of the ball, and Jeff mentioned the edge, and, yeah. you know, JP mentioned the talent, you know, and really, you know, for the last couple of years, the offense has been getting, you know, beat up pretty good. And I think obviously the talent level of, of Leonard and Cam bringing them in, but also they had an edge to themselves too, those young guys. Even to a certain extent, when you look at, you know, uh, you know, 
Cole coming in at wide receiver, an undrafted free agent, and just his example of what you have to do as an edge, you know. And then you look at, you know, D.D. Westbrook was in there at times. Mickens was in there at times. And I look at it, and I don't know what the stats are, but I'm thinking to myself, offensively, we probably had more first-year players, you know, rookie players playing on our offense than maybe anyone else in the league. And that's one of the things that I was going to look at because, you know, so now you got these young guys coming in that and you expect them to, you know, continue to improve and continue to get better, but their edge. But, you know, bringing someone in at the talent level, Leonard obviously, you know, helped quite a bit. Um, he had, an, you know, an outstanding year and really backed up, you know, kind of what he said in the beginning. You know, he's like, uh, I don't see the difference. It's the same, you know. And I remember thinking, I brought him in. And I go, hey, you better be careful <laughs> it was now. after the Patriots preseason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, you, you better be careful now. This is Now you're going to, you know, you're going you're to have a target on your chest. And people, he's like, yeah, well, coach, I've always had a target on my chest. You know, and maybe that's what Jeff talks about, you know, when guys, you know, you know, have their edge to him and Cam. And, and um, you know, those guys kind of instilling that youth and that, Hey, I don't really care about what people say about us or what people have said about where we've been offensively. Hey, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it better than anyone else. That, that kind of stuff kind of, you know, gets things going a little bit. And, um, you know, but make no mistake about it. There was a lot of hard work put into it. Well, one of the unsung heroes, I thought this year for your offense, you know, you go back to having a fullback on the roster. And, uh, and I've given him a nickname based on the uh, the playoff catch that he had in Pittsburgh. Touchdown, Tommy Bohannon. Yeah, that's what we all call. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he had a couple of those the, the two touchdowns, you know, earlier yeah. in the year. Yeah, uh, having watched, uh, I think is one of the one of the great fullbacks in NFL history, Greg Jones, who is still yeah, on Greg's staff excellent. in mm-hmm. the scouting department. The way that he had a feel for kind of having vision of who he was supposed to block, I thought Tommy Bohannon showed some of those same type of qualities, but also became a, you know, a viable receiving threat as well. He was a big part of your offense. Yeah, he did a nice job there. He did a nice job on special teams, you know, which is key. And, um, you know, I, I think he did a, a very good job. And I think it goes back, you know, early on from a philosophical discussion, you know, of what we wanted to do was I've always believed that when you have a fullback, I just think it's a different style. You know, you're talking about isolation plays. You know, you're talking about, you know, a, a lot of different things that when you want to be a tough and physical team, you know, you can do those things. Because not only the style that you play on offense, if, you, if you're trying to be downhill, trying to run the football, trying to be physical – well, the other side of the football is going to going to try to is trying to do the same thing, and you can train that and work that. And I think you know having a fullback in the offense, you know, and they're tough to find. They really are. So, like you said, with Tommy and the guys in this league, and you know, obviously Greg was outstanding. Um, you know, it's tough to find them, but I think it's an important part of what you want your identity to be as a football team. He was pouring concrete a year ago. Now he's scoring touchdowns in the playoffs. Pretty it's remarkable kind, story. Kind of fitting, right? A fullback pouring concrete. See? You know, he wants to have yeah. a blockhead. Tough you know? guy. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Uh, so final thought here, Coach. The, you know, each year, you, you whatever happens in the season, you look at your team and you don't start next season where you finish out this year. How do you start that foundation again for next season? That's a general statement, but how do you how do you get things going for 2018? It's a general statement that, you know, obviously, you know, I've taken this from, you know, coach Parcells, you know, he's he's said it you never start where you left off. And I think he's he's correct. It's it's not to say that, you know, it's going to take you the same amount of time to build it, 
but you always start from the bottom, you know, of building that foundation of, of the, the grit of the football team, the accountability, the trust, the work ethic. You know, you, you don't ever want to take that for granted. Now, in my mind, I would hope that we'd be able to go through you know, this, the foundation part of it a little bit quicker because we'll have a lot of players that have gone through that. But I've got to make sure everyone understands that, you know, the reason why we're going to be successful no matter what we do is that we're going to be able to put in this work. We're going to come back and be ready to go. So for, for us, our goals coming back in phase one, well, we got to be bigger, stronger, faster than we were the year before. And when you do that, that's going to give us the ability to practice better in the OTAs. We should be, you know, and not assuming, but you want to be a little bit more ahead to to go through those things a little bit quicker so you can spend more time on the situational football stuff. You know, that's what that's what the teams that are consistently in the playoffs every year, you know, that's what that's what they're able to do. They don't ever have to go, oh, wait, we got to hold this up because we got to wait for these guys because they came back out of shape. Oh, wait, we've got to wait because, you know, we've lost all these guys and, you know, or lost these coaches. And that's the, the one thing that, you know, we, you've got to take advantage of the things that you can take advantage of. But we'll start right from the beginning because, like I said, if you, if you start off, you don't, I want to make sure there's no cracks at the bottom of this foundation as we start getting ready to build this team. Well, be- before you start building again, take some time off. You know, have a cold beer, you know, have a, have well, a, be a lot more sandwich, than, than, you know? than a cold beer. And, and <laughs> be many cold yeah. beers. And instead of a, instead of a bologna sandwich, how about a bone in ribeye? Oh, or you know? it's tomahawk. Tomahawk. Yeah. yeah. Tomahawk. Eat it with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm probably right now, I got to, I got to work on getting in shape. Like literally, I think if someone took a, a stick of butter and kind of jammed it down my throat right now, I think I, I, I'd probably die. I'm a stick of butter away from passing out. My cholesterol is probably off the roof. I mean, my weight's out of control. I mean, I've got to get, I've got to get, I got to get my act together. Right, right make now. it a light beer then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell of a year, coach. Appreciate well, it. Appreciate it. Been great. Thank you, guys. Head coach Doug Marone with us. We continue after this the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. We're back. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Marone in the first half hour tonight. The Doug Marone Show continues. Yeah, speaking of uh, what we were talking about there in the last segment, I, I, I really could use a bone and rib on myself right now. And I, and I, and you I are can, a noted I can, meat eater. Yes. I can definitely see uh, one, uh, maybe two. In my near future, I guarantee this weekend I eat a bone and ribeye somewhere. Guarantee, good for you. you. Guarantee, that's what it's all about, and it will be really good. In fact, I may end up having, I may end up having a ribeye cap on uh, tomorrow night, big time, and then Saturday night, you know, do the whole ribeye, the bone and ribeye. Us peasants don't don't eat like that all the time. Peasants, okay, yeah, right. I mean, and JP, you can certainly capable of going to the meat shop just like me and getting a, getting steak and throwing it on your charcoal grill, that's right? That's a good point. Yeah, okay, that's what that. I'll be doing tomorrow night. Why not you too? No, Why you're not. No, you're not invited. Wait a minute, I was waiting for the. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that no, how it works. It's the wife's birthday. Tomorrow, oh, man. okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to go over there. Uh, so let's get to it. I, I, earlier, I asked Doug Marone 
and the quarterback had such a great year. You know, he led this, kept this offense together. They didn't really want to go there yet. And about the future of the quarterback position here, that's going to be a topic for the next month and a half until free agency begins, I'm sure. Uh, They're not quite going there yet, but we can, obviously. Uh, Sure. What are your first thoughts on Blake? Well, my my, my first thought is this, is that, you know, a lot of people want to have an opinion that's that's one side or the other, that is either – Blake did a great job, and we need to you know to keep him, or we need to do upgrade, and we we got to get rid of Blake. So it's kind of like one or the other, you know. But you have to remember, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, it can your opinion or your thoughts can reside somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Which you know, if it's in the middle, it means you know you keep Blake, and one of two things: you you bring competition in to make everybody better, including Blake. And then whoever's the better player plays. Uh, or the second thought is is that you bring in a young player to to compete. You know, and obviously with a young player, it takes time for a young player to compete. Uh, and then the third thought of that, which kind of would make you go to one way or the other. In other words, keep Blake or get rid of Blake. Which is, if there's somebody out there that's clearly – a, a huge step up. And there's not a lot of those guys out there. I mean, mm. Drew Brees might be one, it would be one of them if he gets to free agency. Uh, Alex Smith might be one if he gets to free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously is under contract for the Kansas City Chiefs for 2018. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, is, his contract's expiring. So, I mean, if you're talking about those two guys, then you could be saying it has to be one or the other. But uh, but it's an interesting debate, you know, and, and, and I said this uh, earlier in the week. Look, I, Blake Blake deserves a lot of credit for what this team did. Uh, his uh, play was markedly improved this year. Uh, he protected the football better than he has uh, ever in his career, even though if you look out the, at the touchdown-to-interception ratio, it's still fairly close to where he was at, but the total number dropped, and that's the important thing with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you definitely saw him uh, get his completion percentage back up to what he was a couple years ago, which is good. I still think it's got to be better. Uh, you know, so uh, a great job by him this year and a great job, you know, by the entire offensive staff, you know, because you know, I think early in the year you could kind of tell because of what where Blake came from in the preseason, you know, which was essentially the job was opened up for competition again. Uh, he wasn't ready to handle an, the offense, you know, wide open, you know, and I think they did a really good job of managing him and allowing him to grow into the offense. And then the more that that he seemed to improve, which I think a lot of it had to do with with arm fatigue in camp, the more he seemed to improve, the more they allowed him to be a bigger part of the offense, and he certainly did well with it. A key phrase when you were talking about the other quarterbacks that could come up down the line if he gets to free agency. That's a big question mark for big names like that, even with a Drew Brees. You know, he's been the face of the Saints since he got there. He's won him a Super Bowl. He's huge in that city. You know the Saints are going to want him back around with that football team there. And and you could say that for almost every big-name quarterback um, going into free agency. That's just kind of how that thing works. Look, he's a a fantastic player. He's, uh, you know, Hall of Fame-type numbers. You know, I mean, he's he's everything that you'd want. I mean, he's – uh, he's, his completion percentage is high. 
Uh, his uh, touchdown to interception ratio is great. I mean, he's look, he's been everything you want, you know. And and to think that the San Diego Chargers, this was back when they were in San Diego. That's correct. Yes. Okay, drafted somebody to replace him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's incredible, right? <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? The replacement's it, still doing pretty well. And then the guy's the still playing yeah. that you know you wanted to you know to replace him with. So I mean, it's it, wow. We'll come back and get into the group that the quarterback has to throw to for this football team. A lot of question marks there. Well, a lot, a lot of question team. marks. With free agency coming, two big question marks. This is the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiaAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. Stacey Shattuck, Jeff Lagerman, the Doug Marone Show rolls along. The head coach with us in the first half hour this evening. Wide receivers for this Jags offense. Uh, Allen Robinson's contract is coming up at the uh, end of the league year. Marquise Lee also coming mm-hmm. up at the end of the league year. As it stands right now, where do you stand on those two? Well, I mean, what do you mean where I stand? I love them both. I mean, you'd like to be able to bring them both back. Uh, can you do that? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think if uh, I think a lot of it, a lot of it hinges on uh, Allen Robinson is the is the top guy, you know, out of those two. Clearly, sure. You know, and would uh, he better for a personal sake? Would he be better suited to test free agency and see what's out there? You're always better suited to test free okay. agency, even coming off of the a- absolutely uh, because it you know. Why do you want to, you know, here's the thing. If you don't test free agency, I mean, from the team's standpoint, you want to be able to sign and wrap them up right now. And you know, because that way you're not competing against another team. That's right. You know, and here's the thing. It only takes one other team to really like them. And then the price goes up. And that's, that's the beauty of free agency that, you know, the price is set and the market is established on what the market will bear. And if... Somebody is willing to pay him an astronomical amount of money with the firm belief that his knee will be completely healed, which a lot of teams will have that belief because the, the ACL reconstruction surgery anymore is not one that concerns people that, that a player can come back from. It's almost a given that a player comes back as long as there's no other you know issue that was associated with an ACL. Right. And uh, so – you know, so you'd like to to be able to keep Allen Robinson. You know, if if you had your choice between a Rob and and Marquise Lee, I mean, for me, I take Allen Robinson all day long. I, th- I think that Marquise Lee last year and then this year had a lot of opportunity to show what he had, and he still hasn't shown that he has the type of ability as a Rob. Uh, we thought that he might have more, you know, for for a while because he's got that kind of that that. That gear, you know, that extra gear once he catches the ball. But, I mean, did we really see that extra gear this year? I mean, do you remember a moment where you you held your breath when he caught the ball? No. You know, so, uh, you know, and look, you'd like to be able to bring them both back because, you know, the more jars that you have on the shelf that are good jars and they're your players, you know, the better off you're going to be in, in competition, let everybody compete, and then see where it ends up, you know. But I think there's going to be an interesting – Time, you know, uh, to see what happens with the wide receivers. And also, you know, Alan Hearns, I think, will be a part of that equation. You know, I think his contract is probably a little bit more than what his value is. Uh, 
so I, I think that probably something might have to be done there. Uh, but, and, you know, here's the thing, you know, you go to Alan Hearns and you say, hey, you know, thinking about you making an adjustment in your contract, maybe bringing your number down a little bit. The player says no. What are you going to do? Keep him or cut him. We either right. keep him or cut him, you right. know. So, yeah, it is what it is. And, I, and look, I love Alan Hearns. Uh, excellent route runner, dependable, reliable. Oh, tough. Total, tough. total pro. Tough guy. Total pro. Yep. Uh, but, you know, the numbers over the last couple of years just don't re- reflect the numbers in the contract. You're going to draft a guy that position no matter what? At wide receiver? I th- I'd be surprised if they did. There's so many other positions, J.P., you know, I mean, on offense, look, you need you need more linemen. You need more competition along the offensive line. The number one position of need probably is tight end. You know, you need to find somebody that's a dynamic threat in the passing game at the tight end position. Uh, you also need to, to find somebody that can block at the tight end yeah, position. Mercedes is doing a fantastic job, and he's not getting younger. It's 13th year coming uh, up. You know, and uh, and I think that you, you could probably depend on him for another year. He had a marvelous year. He had a fantastic year. He's still a great blocker, great blocker. But you'd like to find somebody that you put them out on the field, you know, the great threat in the passing game. The guy I loved last year in the draft was your Alabama guy. Uh, what was his name? You don't know? The tight end. Um, O.J. Uh, O.J. Howard. Howard, yeah. yeah. Loved yeah. him. Loved him. I mean, if you could find somebody like that, but obviously it's, it's not easy to find, sure. uh, that would be tremendous. But there's other positions of need. Linebacker, depth. You know, yep. Paul Pozlozny, yep. going to be a free agent, you know, so – a lot of questions. Yeah, and remember what they said, uh, Doug and, and Tom Coughlin, when they started this thing, when they were announced. Football was built to be played in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. That's how the game was designed to be played. Remember that moving ahead. We'll come back. Well, I've, I've known that for a while. I know. I know. But just, I will remember I'm that. just refreshing I, people's, hey, hey, jogging the memory. That bit. That's where I think your premium draft pick should always be spent at, those spots. In the trenches. Yep. We'll return and get into what this defense could use. Yes, a good year. You touched on it a moment ago, Logs. We'll uh, talk linebackers and more when we come back. It's the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. We're back. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, the Doug Marone Show rolls along. Defense. Very good group this year. Very, very good group. Five pro bowlers in Orlando right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but where do you, uh, you touched on it last segment. I know where you're going to go there. There's a couple of key pieces for this defense that might need a little uh, tweaking because there could be some changes. I, you mentioned the linebacker spot could use some uh, maybe some bolstering well, there, but don't forget about Aaron Colvin. His right, contract's well, coming up too. Pozlozny's contract expires. Aaron Colvin's contract expires. You know, and yeah, you'd like to bring them both back. Uh, can you do that? You know, we'll see what the market you know is and and see what you know the <clears throat> Jaguars are willing to pay. Uh, but you know, e- even if you have them back. You need you need to develop s- some young corners because that's like the one position. It's kind of like defensive linemen. You can never have enough of them uh, because if you had an injury to any of those corners, you got to have somebody that's that's able and ready to step in. Um, and I don't think that uh, there's a ton of confidence in the corners that are backups right now. Uh, Linebacker depth, I think, is is a huge question mark with this team. I think Laurenti McRae did a really good job on special teams this year. 
Which yeah. it, what, really why he was brought in to well, be a special teams. Coach. You know, I, I think you know the, the one thing I think that I've, I've learned kind of over the years is that you know when you first start thinking about okay when you're trying to to field a football team is you're trying to, you're always you think of it in that mentality as okay I need I need linebackers guys that can play linebacker. Well, what you'd like to do is find three starting linebackers that can play linebacker, <laughs> and then you'd like to find one guy that can play linebacker. Okay, that he's a backup and he's developing and he's Go young. Anywhere, just plug he, in anywhere you want to play. Sure. Okay, and a guy that's you know you know that another year or two he's going to be he's going to be fighting for a starting job. And then your next linebacker is a role player, and and I think it took me a while to kind of understand that on NFL rosters you need to have players that fill roles. And I think Belichick, I think, is the perfect coach in the league that he finds people to fill roles, and so that. That fifth linebacker, that sixth linebacker, that sixth or seventh defensive back, I mean, those guys are role players. But, you know, the, the immediate backups, you got to have guys that are competing, that are pushing starters for playing time, and then also are quality special teams players at the same time. Uh, right now, uh, it would be great if they could add some depth at corner, the guys that compete for time, guys that could also compete on special teams. And then I think at the linebacker spot, you have to have – you have to have more quality depth at linebacker. That's the uh, one of the most incredible parts of this defense this year was their health. They they stayed on the field. The starters were out there. I don't know if I've seen that. And you'll you'll probably never see that ever again. I mean, to have the entire defense to have two starts that were missed, two two starts. Okay, not two players, two starts. That was Telvin missing two games because of a concussion is unheard of, and they're very very fortunate this year. Uh, to be able to stay as healthy as they were, uh, defensive line. You know, we didn't mention much about them. You know, because look, uh, they're they're very good. They're very deep. Uh, but it's never a bad thing to add more quality at that position. And I think that next year, uh, Dwan Smoot, I think will take a, a big step up. You know, because typically the big guys take a big step from year one to year two, and I, and I think we'll see a lot more out of him next year. Get in that weight room a little bit and might help yeah, him Yeah, you know, he needs some more size sure. to him. He definitely needs some more size. We'll come back and break down the week. It's been a little bit of a weird week around here. A lot of people in a lot of different places for the Jags organization right now. This is the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. Final moments of the Doug Marone Show. We'll have one more of these next week. The final Doug Marone Show this let's, season. Let's do it. Uh, same, I, you know, it's same bat time, same bat channel next week. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of been a, like a week of mourning. It's been weird, right? Yeah, well, I mean, look, uh, you know, kind of sad the season is over, you know, Disappointing that the opportunity was right there and it was so close. Uh, talked to a lot of different people this week, you know, and the, the feelings kind of kind of been the same, you know, that people are they're bummed, you know, they're they're sad, uh, and they're and they're pissed. Yeah, I mean, they're mad at the officials of the game. The, that they are, yes. you know, and uh, almost and right, to a person, and, and rightly so, you know, and disappointed that this team had opportunities. You know, at the at, at, in this whole entire second half, you know, offensively and defensively, to be able to win that game, 
and uh, and it's but it's great. It's gr- it's great to to have that conversation, you know, because these people care. Man. Been a long time since we had that conversation, yeah. you know, and and it's and it's it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it feels good that we're having that sad conversation, you know. So you're kind of conflicted. Uh, you know, the one thing I, I will say too is that uh, you know, looking back at that game and listening to Doug talk in his his end of the year press conference, he talked, and I, I thought it was I, I gave him a lot of credit for for being honest. And he was asked, you know, would you do things differently? And he said, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> of and, and it's, but I mean, it's there's a lot of coaches out there that would say, no, well, we we, we would do it, everything the same thing. We would just want to execute better. I mean, but Doug didn't say anything. He just said, yeah, we would like to do things differently. And I know there's a lot of people that would have liked certain things done differently in that game. And I know the players would like to have seen some execution that was done differently in that game. And I certainly would have liked to have seen the officials make some calls that were different in that game. <laughs> For those at our flagship station, stick around. Jaguars Thursday is coming up. Tony Baselli will join us. And, yes, John Osier from the Pro Bowl in Orlando. Thanks for listening to the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.